Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So, Bucks General Manager Jason Light says he will never call Jameis Winston a bust. But a former number one pick at quarterback called Winston out for his strange training regimen. And Terry Bradshaw says Tom Brady, he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. We'll tell you who he thinks it is. And the Bucks are preparing for the NFL draft virtual style. Will they take a quarterback to be groomed by Brady? We've got all that on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. A very good Friday to everyone, it's also Passover, which started on Wednesday night, so the holiest of weeks. We hope you guys are uh, enjoying your family, and uh, what else could you do, right? We I was going to say, anywhere. social distancing holidays. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's going to be very odd. I know it's, uh, my wife is bummed, as are a lot of people, that they can't spend the weekend um, you know, celebrating in church, um, mm-hmm. very religious holiday weekend in, uh, in the Greek Orthodox, or everybody, a lot of Christian churches, and we mentioned Passover as well. So, um, yeah, it's a tough time. Uh, to to be away uh, from that part of your of, of your religious family, but um, look, yeah, we, normally we, we would get together with my healthy. cousins who live in Largo. So yep. obviously, we're not going to see them this weekend, but we'll probably FaceTime or do mm-hmm. something. But mm-hmm. virtual holiday weekend, so it won't be the same Easter dinner and everything, and or the Easter egg hunt. I suppose you have to do it with your family. Uh, along those lines, before we get started with this this, uh, this COVID nineteen thing, uh, you know, a lot of athletes are doing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, to help uh, the effort, and uh, one of those we should have mentioned the other night uh, was uh, there was so much to talk about with Tom Brady's interview. But Tom and, and Brady and Giselle donated seven hundred fifty thousand meals locally. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Metropolitan Ministries, I believe. Either that or feeding Tampa those. Bay it was one of the two. Feeding Tampa yeah. Bay, yeah. Yep. And then and then today, um, as we do this podcast on, I guess it was on Thursday. Mike Evans, uh, it was revealed, has mm-hmm. donated fifty thousand dollars or hundred thousand dollars, fifty thousand to the United Way of the Suncoast, and another fifty thousand to his hometown in Galveston um, for their COVID nineteen relief efforts. And a lot of that, of course, uh, locally will go to go to children uh, for meals and uh, families that uh, that need it. Um, and Mike Evans, you know, was the Walter Payton. Man of the Year nominee for the Bucks last year and well deserved. Uh, he he does not seek attention for this at all, but um, certainly he's uh, you know he's kind of led the way with the Bucks. And of course, when Jameis Winston was there, he did a lot, and Jameis Winston is still doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Winston the other day uh, opened a COVID nineteen hotline in Jefferson County, Alabama, which is uh, the, the the county that is where he's from in Bessemer, Birmingham. You said, yep, Bessemer is right outside Birmingham. So. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, Jefferson County. So um, he got some some publicity for that. I think he was on Fox News at one point. That's mm-hmm. when he, he came out and said that, uh, hey, if you got to be replaced, you know, I'm flattered to be replaced by the Tom Brady, the GOAT. You got replaced by the GOAT, the greatest of all time. So, um, but that that's all. Those are all. Look, there's going to be more. I know the Bucks. Uh, a lot of players over there are, are thinking creatively about how they can help. And there are a lot of people in need. I mean, you know, you think about the unemployment that's, that's going to be here. I see the the lines for food in other cities, and I'm sure it's happening here as well. You know, you don't think about it, but um, many, many families, if you lose their jobs and, and they got kids, they got to feed them somehow, and, and the money's not coming in. Some of those checks promised by the government government have not yet landed, and so, um, you know, they're having to drive every day and wait in line and get food, and uh, there's a lot of lot of need out there. So I know the, the Bucks players, you're going to hear more, uh, efforts going on over there among players that are getting together, uh, and not just the stars, but just your rank and file guys too, and, and trying to be creative to uh, to support you know businesses and and, uh, and and also you know try to fulfill any need that might be out there. Speaking of, I did something stupid today. I don't I don't know. You know, I I try not to go to Publix or or the supermarket very often during this time, and uh, you know most people have hoarded all the toilet paper and the paper towels by now anyway. So you can't find those, but um, we did need a few things. So I, I got up, and uh, now the CDC is saying, you know, recommending you wear a mask, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing. And I and I did notice that about I'd say about eighty percent of the of the shoppers anyway, um, at at this Publix that I go to in Lutz uh, were observing that they were wearing masks, and some some even wore gloves. And oddly, none of the employees wore masks 
but that's neither here nor there. Um, but like the whole day, like, so they want you to maintain the six feet, right? Which is sometimes difficult to do in a shopping aisle, you know, if you're kind of pra- passing each other. So uh, you got to do it at the register. And then for the most part, everyone is trying to be respectful of that, of that area. And, um, and, then, and then I realized I kept, I kept going down these aisles and, I would, and, and there'd be people there and they were kind of camped six feet apart from each other. But I was like, well, I can't. If I go down this aisle, I'm, I'm obviously going like, to encroach on all of them. So I had to kind of wait, and they looked at me kind of funny. And It wasn't until I got home uh, tonight, and I was having dinner, and my wife goes, she goes, yeah, you know, I, I told her it was, it was you know, Publix was kind of crowded, but it, we, we managed to keep our distance. I said, but she goes, yeah, well, they have this thing now where they have one-way aisles, and so there's arrows pointed on the ground, and so you go up one aisle and back <laughs> down the other. And I went, oh, <laughs> I had seen the arrows. I had no clue what they meant. And so all the people were looking at me like, hey, man, you're going the wrong way. And so now we need like red wrong way signs for me in a shopping, in, in, in like a public supermarket. It was, and it, it was one of those things where you like rewind yourself back to this morning when you were looking, when people were looking at you like you were dumb uh, because you were. And they're like, what do you want us to do, man? You're going down the wrong well, way. You're just like all the wrong way drivers on the interstate in right. Florida anyway. <laughs> I know. What's the big deal? It's a, super, it's, a, it's a supermarket. But no, it makes sense if you're trying to maintain six feet. You know what I mean? But they could do a better job of saying we now have one-way aisles. I don't want my wife telling me that after I've already been there. And, 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 and so I'm in the checkout line, and I realize as I'm walking out, to the register and I'm standing in the checkout or like in the aisle because you're trying to stand back. I see these arrows and I go, I don't really know what these are on the floor for. It wasn't until I got home that night that I was just such an idiot. Oh my goodness. Now, did you wipe um, down your groceries when you got home? Because that's, you're supposed yes, to do indeed. that too. You're supposed to yeah, disinfect yeah, them when you get home. Yeah. Throw away the bags and mm-hmm. um, all that stuff, man. It's a, it's a scary time. You know, it's surreal in some ways. I can see where people are, um, not just getting antsy for being home all this time, but really nervous about um, you know this virus and how prevalent it is, and um, taking all the precautions they can to try to you know avoid contact. And uh, you know, yeah, you bring home groceries and you're throwing out the bags and you're you're wiping down all the surfaces and um, and and then saying a prayer that you know that 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 you didn't somehow contact and then scrubbing your hands like crazy. I, I think my my skin's ready to fall off my hands these days. But um, but hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll start to see the bend here. And in social distancing, they tell us works. And so we'll continue to do that. But mind your one-way aisles at Publix, people. Don't be like me. Don't be that guy because I was that guy today. And now there's a bunch of people thinking, going home and saying, you couldn't believe this guy. He kept going down the wrong way. I mean, there's arrows on the floor. What the hell? You wanted us to move for him, and he's trying to come in the wrong way. So... I created havoc today. I'm sorry. That's what you do. <laughs> I know. Get them nice things, man. I'm just. I got one roll, one one paper towel roll, and one uh, package of toilet paper, and that was really, you know, that made my day. You but, found toilet uh, paper? Wow. Yeah, there wasn't many. I mean, there wasn't many uh, packages of them, but there were a few. I went at eight thirty, though. I went early, so oh, okay. They were. They yeah, were generally, they say fast. earlier is the better for that. So. Some stuff I don't understand. For instance, um, and I've noticed this too, uh, staying home with the kids. You know, my kids eat a lot more than I realized they did. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. When they were going to school, um, they didn't eat breakfast because they they would get up about seventeen minutes before the bus came. I don't know how they did it, but <laughs> but they did. And and they, <laughs> I offered to make them breakfast or give them something on the way out the door, and they never wanted it. But they they would get to school so early with the buses that they would then the cafeterias open for breakfast. Right. And if they were hungry, they'd go in and they'd have something. You know, it wasn't like I was trying to starve them. But um, that aside, uh, having them home, oh my goodness, it's like you can't fill these people up. No. Uh, I mean they they're into now like a full breakfast. Now it's like and I've and I've got my. Um, I've got my uh, oldest one uh, and, and even the younger one, too. They're now cooking their own eggs. Like, this is a big thing now. And so um, I don't know if anybody else is going through this at home, but we're having full breakfasts every morning, and then they're back about 1130 after they're done with their schoolwork for lunch, and then, you know, before then they're having a snack and then dinner. And I'm like, holy cow, 
we're going through the food here. We're going through the groceries. I never remember it being this bad. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's been interesting. So the one thing I noticed that, like, there are certain items I don't get why they're disappearing off the aisles. And one of those is eggs. Like, is there a, is there a shortage of, or like, a, are, are the hens nervous now and they're not laying enough eggs? Well, this week you've got a, people dying eggs for Easter. So, I mean, this week might be that. Uh, yeah, okay, that could be, that could be. But it's been, I've noticed it's been a couple of weeks um, that okay. they've been kind of scarce or scarce. And, like, they, had a, like they have a limit on eggs now. It mm-hmm. was a, a two-carton limit. So, uh, um, hope you're not making omelets, but... Uh, so I, I like there's certain times like everybody well they're home oh. they want to yeah, but you're right it's Easter I get that but even before that okay. I noticed like certain items that are disappearing that don't make like 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 pasta makes sense to me because pasta is one of those things you can store yep. for a long time rice you know you don't see there's not a lot of rice out there if you like rice I don't know maybe if being home um, people are baking more maybe they're making more cookies a lot or... of people are baking you know what you can't find is flour okay it's hard to find some flour and and um. The, the different things, brown sugar and different things you need to bake, which is odd because they're home and they're big. So America's going to emerge from this as in just great kick-butt shape because they're going to have time to exercise and they're going to... Or all that baking. Healthy. <laughs> or all the baking, they're going to come out and we're going to be even fatter as a nation you've, than we you've ever You've heard the freshman 15? What about the coronavirus 15? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I'm telling you, there's no middle ground. If somebody maintains their weight, good on them. But you're either you got to go one way or the other. You're either gonna you're either gonna watch what you eat and eat healthier because you can cook your own food and you're not eating all the processed fast food stuff, right? You're not maybe not going to McDonald's or you're not whatever. And then um, and there's nothing against that. I'm fine if you want to do it, fine. But uh, or um, you're just gonna bake all the time because you have the time and it's kind of fun and kids can participate and. And uh, we're kind of stuck in the middle. We've had some brownies, and then my wife said today that uh, the DoubleTree hotel chain has put out the recipe for their chocolate chip cookies. <gasps> have you ever stayed at the DoubleTree and gotten those chocolate chip cookies? Oh I, I, maybe I don't believe I have, I guess. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. DoubleTrees are expensive, but the chocolate chip cookies make it all the, all, all the worth. So, Hey, we do have sports to what, talk what about. What I've, noticed, what I've noticed with Four Home is how many dishes we do. Oh yes, that too. Good point. Yes, it's like it never stops. No, it's pi- <laughs> it piles up. That's what I mean. Everybody, everybody's eating now three squares a day. It's like we're gonna have to. It's like being in jail. We're gonna have to assign like KP yeah. duty or whatever they do in the army. I don't know. Well, I got but two like boys, so they got... snack a lot too in between meals. I mean, they just oh, they're nonstop yeah. eating, and so it's just yeah. dishes after dishes after dishes. And yeah, yeah, there's a lot of those piling up. I, gr- I grant you that. And, and our dishwasher's on the fritz. So we're washing everything by hand. It's a, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. That's yeah, not good. But, I, you know, I don't know. Are you going to invite a maintenance guy to come in and fix your dishwasher this time of year? Or, you know, with COVID? Nah, I don't know. Might have to wait. I got two girls. They can be my dishwashers. I just have to. They play in the water anyway. They might as well put a dish under there. When there you go. It. Yeah. Throw in the bathtub or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, we do have sports. Uh, so we, we had a chance to. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about about Jason Light and Jameis Winston, as it turns out, and Tom Brady as well. No surprise there. But um, we'll start with Jason Light. Uh, you know, we, we had a conference call, or actually, a, uh, I guess say Zoom, you know, a Zoom. We Zoomed with Jason Light, uh, the beat writers, to talk about the NFL draft. At least that's what we were supposed to talk about. But, you know, it always it always goes off in different tangents. And the one, uh, one of them that was interesting, I thought, um, was Jason uh, was asked, you know, you've 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 been accused uh, or criticized in the past for for some bad drafts, which he takes full responsibility for. Um, but basically, it was, you know, by the same token, um, now that Jameis Winston is no longer on your team and he was the first overall pick, you know, w- would you consider him a bust? And I, this isn't breaking news. This isn't a surprise that Jason Light would not consider him a bust. And, and I think that word is, is toxic anyway. I think it's loaded a little bit. Um, and, uh, and, of course, he said no. Um, and he said sort of emphatically no. He, he says, you know, we, we have a lot of respect for Jameis. He still, you know, was part of our plans if things had gone a different route. And, um, 
you know, but he did some great things. And he says, I think, you know, anybody in our office or our building would say the same thing. He did some spectacular things for us. And I would never say, and I think I speak on behalf of the organization, that he was a bust. He says, I think he's got a, you know, bright future ahead of him. Um, this really comes down to we had a chance to get Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's a hell of a player, and we're excited about that. But I'm very confident Jameis is going to go on and have an opportunity, and, and that's not the last you're going to hear from Jameis. Um, I, I don't like the word bust. I think, I think when you're the first overall pick anyway, that doesn't, uh, you know, if your quarterback doesn't become that guy, right, that wins a lot of playoff games or, or Super Bowl or two, um, that's, that's sort of inherent with where you were picked. But um, with Jameis, you know, you, he came to a really bad football team, and, and frankly, there's, there's nothing worse really, in the NFL than being the quarterback of a bad franchise. I mean, there's just not. And, look, Tampa Bay has been a bad franchise long before Jameis got here, and it potentially could be after he leaves. Um, Tom Brady notwithstanding, I mean, I expect him to improve the the situation. But, um, you know, the bottom line is that Steve Young played for a bad organization here, and he was a first-round supplemental pick. Benny Testaverde was a first overall pick. He played for a bad organization here and then went on and had success. Doug Williams, same thing. Trent Dilfer, whatever. So when you're the quarterback of a bad program, um, obviously a lot of a lot gets heaped on you. Now you compound that with you know the turnovers and the mistakes that he's made, and and that was his reputation coming in, and it will be going out, which is not going to help him at all. But in between, you know, you leave here after five years with almost twenty thousand passing yards. I mean twenty thousand. Um, you know, uh, you know, you, you have the the touchdown record for the franchise. You, you don't, you still haven't thrown as many interceptions as Benny Testaverde did, although he had one more year to do so. He threw 112, I think. I think Jameis threw like 88 or something like that. But you know, he only had one winning season. But that's a team. It's a team sport. So I get, I get why people will point at Winston, who who currently doesn't have a job, and say he's a bust. You can't. He's not the bust in the sense that, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks, and I'll try to think of one. But there's a lot of quarterbacks that we could name that just, you know, got picked. You know, Todd Marinovich is a bust. Okay, you know, like Ryan Leaf. Uh, uh, Ryan Leaf was a bust. Yeah, Russell uh, was the guy from the Oakland Raiders. Um, Jamarcus Russell. Uh, Jamarcus Russell was a bust. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Guys that got paid a ton of money, they had a lot of expectations, and did nothing. I mean, barely could get on the field. So, yeah, is Jameis Winston a bust? Absolutely not. And is Jason right to think that he's got uh, he's going to have an opportunity to do great things in this league? Yeah, I think so, because they saw him do some great things. Look, there's one thing, and it's a big thing. It's not like you can just snap your fingers or he would have corrected it. But he has to absolutely – um, find a way to protect the football at all costs, at, at, at the cost of maybe not making plays or even at times not winning games or not being the reason they win games. But, um, you know, we've seen his talent. We've seen his upside. His ceiling is enormous. Unfortunately, his floor is very low. And so, you know, you got to bring those two together so that a coach or, or a team will know what they're getting um, sort of in between. But, um you know, I, you know, that, that word is thrown around a lot with uh, with NFL players and quarterbacks in particular. Really, I think for quarterbacks in almost any position, I think the batting average in the first round, you can go back and check on this, but, you know, for guys that have good careers versus not, didn't achieve expectations, the batting, batting average in the first round is about 50%. I mean, if you if you hit more than 50%, you know, mm-hmm on your first round pick, I mean, really, you know, because there's so many expectations for that guy, you're doing well. And you can look at any draft, and you, you know, just about, and you can find half the guys really didn't, weren't that special that were picked in the first round. Yeah, I think, look, I think the book on Jameis and whether you could consider him a bust or not is still to be written. Right. But I do think Absolutely. you have to say for the organization, it was a busted first pick. You, when you, I would agree. When you they get the first get overall pick and you draft a quarterback, that's supposed to be a franchise quarterback for years to come. That's mm-hmm. what your expectation is. And once yes. again, the Bucks have not signed a quarterback to a second deal. Yes. You let him walk after his rookie deal. But because of that history, mm-hmm. okay, 
and because of the history of a franchise with a 387 winning percentage, he's not the first guy, right? Mm -hmm. And he probably won't be the last, unfortunately, that will be drafted in the first round and maybe not make it to a second contract. So that's that's partly a, a big organizational failure that your you your inability to develop, to draft, mm-hmm. and then the develop part of that equation. And sometimes it's simply because he had too many coaches or too many systems. In this case, Jameis did not – aside from Bruce Arians, Jameis played in the same offense for four years, four out of the five years, because Dirk Cutter was a coordinator, you know, under Lovey Smith and then became head coach. Um, but, there, you know, there's a lot – I mean, there, that's the other part of this equation. There's a lot of people that lost their jobs because Jameis Winston didn't fulfill that promise that you mentioned. And so from that standpoint, organizationally, yeah, it's a disappointment. Absolutely. You didn't draft a guy that high – and invest five years thinking he wasn't going to make it to six, right? So, um, yeah, the GOAT came along, and, and, and we all understand why Tom Brady is here, and um, there's a lot of excitement as a result of that and high, higher expectations because of what he's done, even at age 43, and who knows how long he could play, but it doesn't look like his skills have diminished. But there will be another quarterback in here after that at some point, and – Let's see if, if that guy, if the organization can, can make a quarterback successful enough to be here more than, more than five years. And I don't know the answer to that. But in the meantime, Jameis is sitting out there waiting for a job, and he most likely won't get one along with Cam Newton until sometime after the draft because now these teams that um, have the potential of drafting a quarterback will wait to see if, if that falls for them you know, when they're picking and what the compensation to get where they want to go to get one is and – then after that, I think you know guys like uh, obviously Jameis and Cam Newton and, and and the others that are out there will start getting jobs. But you know, for right now, um, that's that's sort of where where it stands. I do want to I do want to talk about. It. I think there was a uh, speaking of former number one picks at quarterback, David Carr. Remember him uh, for, for the Houston Texans mm-hmm. uh, years ago, number one pick out of Fresno State, I believe it was. And, uh, of course, Derek Carr is his brother, the guy with the Oakland Raiders and the quarterback there. Uh, David is now on, I want to say, NFL Network quite a bit. Um, one of those networks he works for, he does a lot of NFL football. Um, really good uh, as far as a broadcaster goes. And, look, people tell me, and I, I didn't see him play a lot personally, but people tell me David Carr was great. And that, um, you know, unfortunately, when he went to Houston, um, they were a fairly new franchise, and – they had no offensive line. I think he got sacked 70 times one season. So he set an NFL record or, or close to it. I mean, he got obliterated. He had, no, he had no protection at all. And when you take a young quarterback like that and put him in the NFL and get him hit like that, you destroy him, pure, you know, pure and simple. I mean, there, there is uh, no excuse to doing that to a player. 76 uh, sacks talent. his rookie year. Yeah. That's 68 just, oh sacks God. his fourth year. Ugh. I mean that is brutal. That's just brutal. It's it's criminal almost that you can't protect a guy more than that, and they didn't. And so he he obviously had a short career and didn't fulfill his potential for sure. But the reason I bring him up is um, there was a video posted, and we've seen a lot of these with Jameis Winston. You know because he's we know we know he's like the hardest worker, right? I mean that's that's been documented, mm-hmm. and, and everybody has said it. Bruce Arians and Glide and all those guys. I've seen it. Uh, you know, he is the first guy in, last guy out. And in the off season, he's always worked at his craft. He's always picked something to get better at. Um, and the the guy that has trained him uh, is a former player uh, who's had him since he was 14 years old. And it's Otis Leverett. And uh, I'm, Otis is – I'm not a big – let's just say that uh, I am not – Somebody he's a fan of. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I don't know. Um, so that aside, like when I see these videos posted, and, and I'm not a – obviously I'm not a trainer. I haven't trained anybody. I barely train myself at times. So I can't tell you exactly what a quarterback should do to prepare for a season, you know, let alone what Jameis should do. So I'll say that right off the top. However, however, as Stephen A. would say, I know when I see stuff that doesn't make sense to me um, because I've been around enough quarterbacks and I've watched them do it. Um, and 
some of the stuff that Otis does with Jameis doesn't make sense to me. Like I have seen him just this offseason pulling a car, you know, down the street with a rope attached to him, that kind of thing. Like, mm, no, no, nope, don't need to do it. Not that way. You're going to get injured is what you're going to get, in my opinion. It's great to work hard, but, you know, I've just seen some stuff that just doesn't it, – it doesn't look like what Drew Brees would be doing, right, or Tom Brady. And, and Brady does his own thing, which is different than a lot of quarterbacks, which is one of the reasons he's playing at age 43. But um, there was one thing that, that Otis had posted or somebody had posted with Jameis, and it's Otis, like, swinging what amounts to a medicine ball um, almost looks like a, like it's like it's tethered, you know, to something on the ceiling or like a tether ball almost. And as he swings it, um, it it basically swings up to Jameis's head. And Jameis is, you can see this on Twitter, but Jameis is ducking and bobbing and weaving and trying to miss this medicine ball when he's in the position to throw. And yet, it, it just doesn't it doesn't look like a movement that a quarterback would make. Maybe ever, but certainly not very often. And, you know, so so David Carr, having seen this posted, um, you know, he <laughs> he came after him a little bit. And he tw- he retweeted the, the photo of, uh, or the, the movie, if you will, the video of Otis, you know, throwing this ball at his head or this, this medicine thing as he's ducking under it, literally ducking under it. And David Carr says, stop paying your friends to train you. Stop. Get some help. I've been in a lot of collapsing pockets, and never once did I have defenders just flying at my head. Okay, there's some truth to this. He has been in a lot of collapsing pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 70-something sacks your rookie year. Um, I imagine he got sacked in every way imaginable, but not this way. And it, it's just an un, it's just an un, I've never seen this before, and so you know, and they've been doing this now, these sort of videos and putting them online. Now, yeah, we get it; he's working hard, but is he working smart? You know, that's that's the question. Like, okay, so you've known Otis since fourteen, but is you know, is he helping you in the NFL now? You know, are you, you know, what other drills are you doing? Are are you are you working working on turnovers or not turning the ball over or quick twitch throws or you know what are some of the, what are you strengthening you know in terms of of your game um and your body uh so I, you know and you can question anything these days but so anyway Jameis came back at him which I thought was interesting and he posted a video of him playing the Saints and uh the left tackle gets whipped and uh kind of comes high on Jameis who does sort of Sort of duck. He more steps up than he ducks. He just kind of steps up and then loses his balance a little bit and runs out to the left. But it's supposed to simulate what he was doing in this gym. And uh, Jameis fires back and says, Hey, bro, I have nothing but love for you. Exclamation point. Reach out to help or mind your own business, though. (laughs) Um, I've been working with my personal trainer since I was 14. We built this from the bottom. And we're still building. Treat others how you'd want to be treated, bro. And it says, hashtag La Hater, <laughs> like later, La, la Hater, and hashtag social distancing. So there's some quarterback on quarterback uh, crime, right? Interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't think Derek Carr's wrong, but, you know, no. one video that you put on social media doesn't mean that's your whole workout and that's all you're working on. And no, stuff too. it's so one it's, But there have been, you know, but you know what? If you follow this, though, like if you've been following Jameis throughout mm-hmm. the offseason, you've seen more of these. Like this isn't, like if this was the only one, or this was one of the more bizarre ones, I can see where people are getting the picture that, like, maybe Otis is not, you mm-hmm. know, doing everything right here but look maybe james thinks he's rocky you know he always always went through those weird you know (laughs) workouts and not the traditional one as he's preparing for his matches and you know punching the meat and you know all the other stuff he did you know i broke i used to hit the meat don't i paulie paulie gonna let me hit the meat uh yeah no i don't know (laughs) i don't know this seems weird to me but uh i'd be curious to know what other quarterbacks think you know what i mean usually Usually, players kind of leave players' training methods alone. You know, they don't they don't really go there because they're they're personal. I'll say this: I I don't see Drew Brees posting his workout videos. You know, he works with Todd Durkin in San Diego for the most part. I don't see Aaron Rodgers. You know, and I, I think all those guys do this right in the off season. 
Um, you know, Russell Wilson's working with somebody to get in shape. I, I don't, I don't see that. I don't think you should have to. Of course, then again, they have jobs and Jameis doesn't. So maybe he's trying to remind people, well, I'm out here. I'm out here working hard. So, and he does work hard. And um, Otis is his guy. So he's going to keep doing what he tells him. But uh, anyway, thought, thought, that was, thought that was interesting. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Terry Bradshaw, not funny, not funny, not funny. He says that Tom Brady, this is blasphemous, is not the greatest quarterback of all time. Do you think he is? <laughs> no, and he isn't, even though he won four Super Bowls. But go back and look at the numbers that Terry had in some of those seasons. Whew, man, I know, hey, it's a good thing they had Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer in the backfield. When he did throw it, he was effective. It's amazing that Lynn Swan and John Stallworth made it to the Hall of Fame because they didn't throw a whole lot. And Bradshaw got better as his year went on, but he was winning Super Bowls when he was really a passenger more than he was the guy uh, steering the ship. But um, I think, uh, you know, I mean, it depends on your criteria. Now, this is interesting because Bradshaw, he did give him this. Didn't he say he was the best maybe in the last 25 years or something like that? What he, how did he put it? The best winner? Or, he won the most Super Bowls. He said he it might be the best in the last best 30 winner. years. Yeah. Okay. Well, 30 years. So then you go back. Then you're back to Joe Montana days, right? Or maybe even just just shy of that. Um, well, well, he, I mean, he, mentioned, he mentioned some of the ones he thought might be better. Montana. Staubach, Marino. Yeah. Dan Fouts. Fouts, yes. And he said, is he better than Drew Brees? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I know what he's saying. Like, there are people that will tell you unequivocally, and it, it doesn't matter that he never won a Super Bowl, he went to one, that Dan Marino is the greatest quarterback they've ever seen. No, bar none, right? Like, best arm, best release, good leader, did it with with little help at times. Um, just never saw a guy sling it like that. You know what I mean? Like he he could if it weren't for his body breaking down, he could sit back there in a chair and 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 you know whip the ball all over the yard. Um, and then that's you know, and then Fouts had a ton of yards and you know for the Chargers and um, you know of course Montana won four Super Bowls. You know Brady was asked by Howard Stern among the many millions of questions that came out during the two hours plus was. Come on, man! You're you're better. You're better than you're better than Joe Montana. Say it. Just go ahead and say it. You know you're better. You got more. You know you're just better. And Brady wouldn't go there because that was his idol. And um, so know, he grew Joe up watching. Four. Yeah, he grew up. He was very young. But then he watched Steve Young too. But yeah, Montana, who won four. Now Montana, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but I kind of know. I think all those guys from that era would tell you, oh yeah, oh, really hard. Um, tell you what, so you can stand back there. They can't hit you in the head. They can't hit you in the knees. They got this little bitty strike zone where they can hit you. Oh, and by the way, no one can touch a receiver until he catches the ball. Uh, I'd still be playing, thanks. You know, how many could I have won under those rules? Um, Because those guys, Joe Montana, go back and look at what the Giants and the Bears used to do to him. I mean, you talk about concussions. And I know Brady said the other day he's had a couple. But these are well documented because they knocked him out of games. But – you know, those guys used to be able to just destroy quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. How many quarterbacks did you used to see just getting obliterated after they threw the ball? And there was no problem. Yeah, remember the Lawrence that. Taylors and all of them, you know, what they used oh. to do to quarterbacks. And... Yeah. Well, it snapped Joe Theismann's leg in half. Yeah, but well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean it, it, was, it was a different game. And, by the way, they had people like Ronnie Lott sitting in the middle of the field and John Lynch and those guys. So when you tried to throw the ball and complete passes and move chains and score touchdowns, they would cut your receivers in half, okay, to where you couldn't even use the middle of the field. So it was a different game. It was harder. So that's why it's hard to compare eras, right, where, you know, when even when Bradshaw played, there was so much emphasis on the running game, and the game looked different. Um, and so that's why I, I try to stay away from these the best ever arguments. But I think it's fair to say that Brady was is the best simply because he achieved the most, you know. Um, nine, I mean, think about this. thing. He won six, which is – you know, two more than anybody. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he went to nine? Well, nine? And 17 years between the six that he won. 17 I mean, years. You know, That's oh, he's amazing. been doing it that long at that level. Yeah. And, um, you know, he won two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year before last. And so it was a boring game against against the Rams, but they still won the game. And so, I, I mean, I, I have to give it 
I'd have to give it to Brady. I think if people call Brady the goat, I'm I'm good with it. And like, like I said, I know I know Montana, and I watched him years and years, and it was a different game, and and I know him personally and stuff. But um, I get why people think that Brady is, you know. And I also get why Bradshaw can he has every right to say, you know, what his criteria is, which is not Super Bowls, you know. And again, it's a team game, but if you were picking sides, you know, to say, okay, who you got? You want this? You want this Marino guy over here? You want the Montana guy over here in their prime? I mean, because um, take either one, sixty something years old. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with either one. I mean, to me, I think Marino would probably be the first pick. How about John Elway? You think anybody pick him first? We didn't even mention him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that cat won two Super Bowls, but he also was like just crazy athletic. I mean, he was. His ability to be mobile in the pocket and the arm that he had was sick. So there's, there was a lot of great quarterbacks. You know, Jim Kelly. I mean, there's a ton of guys back in the day. Warren Moon, you know. Um, and, and Brady, you know, the one thing that Brady is happy to tell you and, and you know, will say to everybody that I, I've never had the physical gifts that, most peop- that a lot of these guys do at my position. I mm-hmm. never did. And that's why I work so hard now. I work harder on my body now to, to to stay in shape because mentally I've pretty much got everything down. I've done, done this 20 years, and so I've seen everything. And so mentally I'm still sharp, but, like, you know, physically I have to work really hard just to just to stand out there and function because these other guys have always been better athletes than me. I never could jump. I never could run fast. Um, you know, his arm was, was okay. It, it, he made it better. Um, I don't think it was ever elite like Marino's or Elway's. Um, but he's always beat people, you know, by preparation, knowing where to go with the ball, being clutch, um, you know, uh, forgetting about the last play. And, you know, you, you look at the Super Bowl, the greatest comeback down 28 to three, and, and he just keeps playing and playing the next play and playing the next play. So, you know, mentally, he was about, he's been about as strong as anybody in the game. But um, I always like those arguments, you know. And it would, uh, Tom, when I, when I used to do this on the radio with him, his whole thing was never won a Super Bowl. Can't, sorry, can't, you know, whoever it was for years and years, he was like, yeah, no, nah, Peyton Manning, uh, no, nah, I'm not impressed with him. I don't care. I don't care what his yards. He won one Super Bowl. Come on. One Super Bowl. I said, we well, went to two. Nah, he won one. I said, so he has to win two in order to get in a, yep, got to win two. So, you know, he goes to Denver and he's a shell of himself. I mean, he's, you know, physically can barely do it. And that defense carries Denver to a, um, to a Super Bowl, and as soon as he won, Tom's like, yep, now he belongs. Now he's elite. Now he's the guy. <laughs> what? So, you know, it's a team game, but uh, but everybody likes the rings. It's a team uh, game, but that position is held differently. It is. It truly is. They keep the records. They just do. The coach and the, you the coach be, and the You can be the greatest receiver and never won a Super Bowl. You can be the greatest running back never won one. Absolutely. But, yeah, Absolutely. for the quarterback, it's kind of hard to distinguish. Absolutely. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So a couple other things real quick before we go. We got uh, Jason Light, um, you know, talked about the NFL draft, this uh, virtual draft that they're going to hold. I think this could be a disaster. I mean, the other day you heard Tom Brady drop off of Zoom like three or four times, so they just said, oh, the hell with it. We'll put him on the phone. I look for – that's probably going to happen on draft night because they've they've got these guys working remotely and they're going to hold a draft remotely and, you know – to think that everybody's cable network and everybody's, you know, IT guy is going to keep them powered up through all this is probably a, a pipe dream. But um, but that's what they're going to do. And there's going to be an IT guy at every general manager's house and uh, head coach as well. And, um, you know, and somehow they've managed to uh, hook them up, you know, with, with the front office and the scouting staff. And they can look at Jason, manipulate the board in real time and, communicate and uh and and so we talked to him on this conference call on uh, thursday and he basically said look 
um, we're preparing for everything. Like we're you know we'll have a guy here and and um, we got backup plans for backup plans. But he goes, but you know what? At the end of the day, we got a landline, a phone line, and I'll pick up the phone and I'll call the VP of player personnel for the NFL and and just tell them who our pick is. You know, um, but I still think there's going to be some glitches. And then there's teams like John Harbaugh with the Ravens worried about hacking. You know, apparently. These these sort of uh, social media apps aren't that hard to break into. Um, Zoom's been so, there's been a lot of uh, issues with Zoom. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, they got like therapists at therapy sessions that have ended up online and because they're not secure at all. Oh, that could that could be ugly. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, how and Major League Baseball is looking hard at how the NFL does, and so are the other sports, right? Because they they just kind of want to see how this all plays out, but. Um, they, they, they profess to be ready. I mean, they, they've had, you know, they haven't had the interviews that they normally do with players, the 30 visits. A lot of them didn't have pro days. They're looking at pro days on tape, which is weird. Um, but you know, the only thing is you can't be the one holding the stopwatch. You have to trust the guy that is holding it on camera as far as 40 times and things like that. But what it's going to make them do, and we talked about this is they're going to have to look at the tape and see who is productive and who can really play football versus, you know, sort of some workout freak that, you know, maybe had a good career, but then you saw him run a 40 and four, three, one, and at 250 pounds, you went, wow, well, he's a first round pick or he's a top five pick. And and that's not always a good way to select players. So uh, in some ways they may have less errors this time, but um, good story in the Tampa Bay times about Jason light. You can go on Tampa Bay.com and read it and and all the, uh, all the precautions and the different things that they've taken. Now, one of the things he said, which I thought was interesting, and, and I asked him was, uh, uh, what about quarterback? You know, what about the draft and taking a young quarterback you can develop? Could there be a better situation, Steve, than to have a guy come in here from college and be groomed for two years under Tom Brady? I think it would be a huge mistake if you don't take one in this draft. So do I. And, and the only the only way you don't is if there's two or three different quarterbacks you've targeted. Maybe some are. I don't think you're going to use the 14th pick on it, but unless, no, unless someone falls not. that you just can't believe did. Yeah, right. But, if Tua Tonga-Valoa is there or something, I might go for it. But, you know, you know and maybe you've got someone targeted in the second or third, and maybe another one in the third or fourth, you know, kind of one of those Dak Prescott's or Russell Wilson's in the past that, you know, went a little yeah. later. And, and, and they just end Jaylen, up – Jalen yeah, Hurts yeah, may go in the third absolutely, or fourth but, round, you know. And they just end up all getting taken before you have them slotted at second or third or fourth, you know, wherever you think they you don't. In other words, don't reach. Be. Don't force it. Yeah, you know? you're not reaching where, okay, the the guy we thought we might take in the second, he'd let, he two picks before us So was taken. we'll take anybody. So yeah. we're not going to take one now. We'll wait till the third. We got a guy or two targeted, and, and those end up gone. Right. And you don't. But I think you have to take a quarter. I mean, because, you, look, you know Tom Brady's a part-time you know, you know, a it's just small window, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's two years. Maybe you resign him another year or two after that, but yeah, you know, you've got no more he, than three or four years with him. No, it'd be fifty. I mean, he's he's going to be forty three when the season starts, mm-hmm. so he's going to play at least until he's forty five, maybe forty six. We'll see. It'll be year to year again after that. Um, but I guess the question is, you know, there's two ways to look at this. The other way to look at it is, hey, uh, we're kind of all in on Tom Brady. This is a really small window here. And we think we have a good team around him, but we need to maximize every pick mm-hmm. towards winning right now. In other words, we can't spare the draft capital in the third round um, or maybe even in the fourth if it's not a player that can't help us win this year. So maybe we would prefer to have that slot receiver or uh, depth at defensive tackle or you know something along those lines or, or another running back, you know, um, because – yeah, there's a quarterback, but he ain't playing, right? We've got we've got Brady, we've got um, you know Blaine Gabbert, uh, and and I would imagine the young quarterback would probably take the place of Ryan Griffin as a developmental guy. But he's not even going to be active. I mean, he's put, you know if everything goes right, mm-hmm. he's going to spend the year inactive. So can we afford to carry that freight? But then to your point, can they afford not to? Because you know it has to be the right guy. And I'm not saying you just take any quarterback, but um, what could that player learn when you talk about development? Um, watching Tom, watching the greatest of all time do it. I well, mean, talk about instilling habits. Yeah, I think if you don't this year, then you've got to next year for you sure. You have to next year, but absolutely, absolutely. I wonder how much COVID nineteen and all this impacts draft strategy. 
And, and what I'm saying is, what if it's that only was discussed? What if it's only a 12 game season? What if they have to yes. not start till October, or November, and, and push everything back? And they're not totally play? great thought. And, yeah. and and so, is it really an arms race of how much talent I can get on my roster to? Because it's going to be a short season. I don't have as much development room for error. Time. I don't have d- d- development. Yeah, I mean you don't, you don't you know you bring a rookie quarterback in this year. Mm-hmm. You don't have OTAs. What's, right. You exactly. may not have much of a training camp or preseason. You're not Who knows have what that's going to look like? Right. I mean, exactly. you know that if if you're bringing a quarterback in purely to develop this year. Maybe it's not right. worth it because you're not going to have the development time. It's a great point. And, and if the and season's only 10, 12 games, how much time mm-hmm. are you really getting behind Tom Brady this year? That when you, you could take another offensive tackle or defensive lineman or a pass-catching running back or whatever position is more valuable in the third, fourth, whatever round you're, you're thinking about it. Does all this change? The, I mean, I think it was a no-brainer for a backup quarterback this year, but – Knowing everything's different this year, maybe it's a waste. The development year isn't as as important or valuable as it would be normally because there's less of it. I think it's a great point, and and, and I and they if they're not thinking that way, they should because, um, and, and this came up during the call was uh, not not totally specific to the quarterback, but also includes them. Is do you even draft players that you think can't help you right now? I mean, like quick study guys. You mm-hmm. know, like this dude is playing, and we we have a need. We're going to fill that need. He's going to play a lot of football for us this year because, and and he has to not only that, but you better know how guys learn. Like that's a hard, like one of the hardest things to do with these players. You know, and, and particularly the quarterback position, but all positions is some guys you can you can have grease board meetings every day and they'll look at it until their eyes fog over and they can't see it in a two-dimensional way they can't Mm -hmm. some guys have to get on the grass literally right get on the grass and run through or walk through stuff with other bodies or trash cans or whatever you're going to do to 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 simulate what you want them to do and if they get that three-dimensional picture and they practice it then they got it well that practice time is gone you know, there's not going to be any rookie mini camps this year. There won't be. Think about that. You draft a guy out of college. He's got to learn a whole new offense. Forget about, you know, uh, getting to know his teammates or working with Tom Brady. These dudes are going to be doing a virtual, you know, off season until the NFL tells them they can go probably sometime in late June or July, I would imagine. And then they're going to roll right into training camp. And training camp's going to be different. You're right. They're not going to have games, preseason games, most likely, where they can get a lot of reps, and that means that the reps will go to the players, the guys that are going to play. And, you know, and Brady has to learn as much as anybody on the team. He's the guy that's been in another offense mm-hmm. for 20 years. And so all the reps need to go to him, right? Because yep. he's got to get not just used to the offense but also to the players around him. So you're right. From that standpoint, I mean, I think it would have to be just the right guy you know, and that's what they've said. Like somebody that, oh wow, this guy's still here. Well, how can we look? Over, how can we look past right. that? Um, but they're not going to do it. I think you're right. I think the shortened off season, that especially a quarterback, but maybe every position, you're looking for a guy that can help you right away without any. Yeah, you might see less projects. You know, guys that exactly first round potential aren't necessarily first round guys yet, but you take mm-hmm. it the thirtieth pick. You know, the Patriots have done this before, or. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen other teams where it's look. We know he's not going to do a lot this year, but we want him to just grow and develop. And he's got all the talent, and the skills, and but this yeah. year, how much growing are you doing? I mean, you, you feel bad for the you know the guys like Joe Burrow and, and Tua and, and Justin Herbert, and they're going go to go. They're probably going to go to bad teams and have no chance to work. A lot of guys smarter than me have said that this year, this 2020 season, is going to belong to the veteran quarterback and the really good coaches. Like it, you know, You're going to see the cream rise because um, you're going to need that experience, right? You're going to need guys that can do it through rote, right, just through memory, muscle memory, because they're not going to and, – and the sad thing for Brady is, is that he's got a lot to learn. He's got his teammates and he's got a new offense. That aside, he's played 20 seasons. Football is football. And guys like Drew Brees and, and Brady and some and Russell Wilson, some of the guys that you know have just they just get it. Um, Aaron Rodgers maybe is in that category. 
that they will be the ones this year uh, that will have a huge advantage over the guys that mm-hmm. aren't quite at that level. I mean, you, you almost I mean? wonder, that like, like good, but like the Bengals, you know, they're probably going to take Joe Burrow. Would they be yeah. better off just keeping Andy Dalton and starting him this year? I mean, for one year. Yeah, so you know, I mean, you know, Joe's, Joe's your long term guy, but with, with no off season. Oh, you mean workouts. you said take take. So take Burrow. Take Burrow, but, but keep, keep Dalton, Dalton still on your well. roster. You haven't traded him at this point. He's still on there. But, you know, Burrow's not going to have an offseason workout plan. Who knows what training camp in the preseason are going to look like if, if there's much of any. I think that would be the worst thing. You know, is it that better? Be is it bad. better? Normally, you know, with, with everything else, he would have started day one because he's supposed to be the savior. And, you know, yeah. the, the fans may not like that move. But for him – and for the organization, it may be the best thing to not start Joe Burrow. You know, you're right. In this year, you're depending right. on how much you know training camp and everything else we get, I mean, we don't know what that's going to look like yet. And, and you, you know, that's the hard part of this is it's not like we're assuming that training camp is going to be limited and not much of a preseason, and maybe the season starts late or shortened, but we don't know that. No, you know, we're still nothing is set in stone. Nothing is. We don't know what it's going to look like, which makes it even harder. All right, so uh, I thought it was an outstanding week of uh, programming here, if I do say so, with all the Tom Brady news. Of course, we'll be back next week. Talk to Chris Torello on Monday of Spectrum Sports Bay News 9s. And we're going to also have a, a mailbag, so get your questions in. You can do that uh, just by submitting them to us on Twitter, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter, at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud, at tampabay.com. And uh, we've got the NFL draft, of course, next week coming up. So we'll have a lot of discussion about that as well. Two weeks away um, is the NFL draft, but we'll be, we'll be ramping it up here pretty quick, talking about the Bucks' needs and what's going on around the NFL. So everybody have a very safe and a very happy Easter and a great holiday weekend. And we will talk to you guys on Monday. For Steve Erstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Times. Have a great one. 